Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. It's a new month and I'm here to introduce the theme. You see, I wasn't so enthusiastic, you know, to come up tonight. And the reason is simple. Even if all we do is to worship and just to prepare your heart for such an intensive month of teaching, it will be worth it. So your heart is the most important factor here. You have to be ready to receive and to embrace and to soak in all that God will have you receive. All right? That's so important. All right? Praise the Lord. All right. You see, there are two main problems with men. I won't say two main problems, but there are two main two problems that you can identify. Number one, most of us don't know what we need. And second, we don't know what we could have. Many people don't know what they need, and many other people don't know what they could have. You see, when you see someone who has an injury, there are two types of injuries. Maybe someone um, um, was using a sharp object and cut himself or herself, and blood is gushing out. When you see the person trying to hold the blood, you know, so that it doesn't <laughs> gush out, you know, as if that works, you know, or just to apply pressure on the injury. You know, you are very likely to exclaim and to say, what happened to you? Get the doctor. And all of that, there is a sense of urgency that that demands. But there is another, another type of injury called internal injury. Internal injury. And when internal injury occurs, sometimes you see the person walking about and the person looks normal, but the person is not normal. And sometimes the internal injuries are more dangerous and require more urgent attention. But the person is walking around fine. And that's why some doctors will tell you, no matter how fine you think you are, after an accident or something like that, you should get yourself checked. Because there is such a thing as internal injury. You see, that's how it is with the spirit. The natural man looks normal and he doesn't know how to descend the true state of his health properly because it looks normal. You know, there's, there's an interesting conversation in John chapter 8. Jesus was talking to people, and I want to read that to you as fast as I can. In John chapter 8, from verse 32, Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know what they said? The Bible says, they answered and said unto him, We are Abraham's seed. We have never been in bondage to any man. What do you mean? We shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. We've never been in bondage. Because for them, their perspective to bondage had to be physical chains. We've never been slaves. What do you mean? We shall know the truth and the truth shall. We are Abraham's seed. And you know what he said? The Bible says, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Have you ever tried to preach the gospel to someone 
and they're trying to get you to justify their need for this salvation that you say they so desperately need. Some of them will tell you, I have money. I'm healthy. I'm not looking for a healing. What is the use of this God? And you say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, make you free. And they're like, we're not, we're not in bondage. Oh, you are. Jesus said, whosoever committed sin is a servant to sin. And the good news is, something has been done about the sin problem. So, this is the gospel in a nutshell. Like I said, I'm just laying a foundation for several layers of teaching this month. And this is such a crucial place to start. This is the gospel. Because of the fall of the first man, all men are doomed to die. All men are doomed to die. Good news. Jesus paid the price, died your death, and now he that believes in him, though dead, he will live again. And he that lives and believes in him will never die. Now that's great news. The hope of eternal life. But you see, the natural man walking about may not discern the possibility of such a life. Because everybody, you know, dies. He's waiting his turn. But then the message is you don't have to die. You don't have to die. Eternal life is a real concept. And we don't always know what we need. Not only do we not know what we need many times, we also don't know what we could have. So now, okay, you tell me there is eternal life. How do I get it? What, what would you give to live forever? What would you give? Have you noticed that no matter how many years someone lives, death is still painful? Have you seen people cry when their grandfather dies? Or maybe, you know, some people, when their parents die, you, you say, how old, how old was she? And they say, 85. But you, you may not get it, except you've experienced something like what I'm saying, experience what I'm saying, you may not get it. But it's not a good, it's never uh, something easy to embrace. You have all the flashbacks, all the wonderful memories, the sacrifices they made. You know, before my grandmother went to be with the Lord, it, it wasn't a joke for my dad at all. Remembered, you know, when, because from a broken home, this woman, you know, walked so hard in the farm just so that her children could survive. She would walk kilometers every day to the farm, walk and bring back produce on her back. Walked so hard that at the later stages of her life, she had bone issues, arthritis. And so when the woman was going to go, he, he, he didn't find it funny at all. Everyone around him could tell he wasn't having a great time. So when someone tells you, you can live forever, oh, what, what do I do? How much will I pay? Have you seen how people spend money when a loved one is sick? They could literally sell all they have just for that person to live again. If you could give that much money for temporary life, how much more eternal life? 
What if, you know, you had to cut a part of your body to qualify for eternal life? You know, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 18 from verse 8. It says, wherefore, if your hand or your foot offend thee, it says, cut them off. Now, of course, this is figure speech, but he's just letting you know how far you should be willing to go for eternal life. He says, cut them off and cast them from you. Meaning, as there as your own members are, some things are so important that you should be willing to mutilate and throw away these members for something more important. He says, it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than have two hands and two feet to be cast into eternal fire. Did you see that? So he's letting you know, I mean, eternal life is so important. There, there should be nothing that you can't give to qualify for eternal life. Nothing. But guess what? The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved. Now, this gift so valuable. There's nothing you wouldn't give to qualify for it. Yet it's free. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works lest any man should boast. We don't always know what we need. And we don't know what is available. Now this great gift is free. By grace are you saved through faith. All you have to do to receive this eternal life is to believe. Can you believe that? I dare you to believe if you haven't. All you have to do is to believe. You know, Paul was talking about how remarkable this opportunity is and how a lot of people struggle in their consciousness to grasp the fact that this generous gift is free. And in Romans chapter 10, from verse 6, talking about what people might be willing to give but shouldn't try to offer for salvation because it's free. In Romans chapter 10, from verse 6, it says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again. Listen, there is an inner propensity to want to bring something to the table, to want to know what you can offer. What, what do I do to be saved? I, I'm going to give anything. You mean I and my loved ones can live forever? My relationships, they don't have to be temporary? Like we sing that old song, there is another fellowship in heaven. And even better, on a new earth, we can go on to live literally for eternity in a new healthy body. What do I give? And then the word of God steals that propensity. That radical nature of yours, ready to grab whatever is available. Whatever you can hold on to for qualification. He steals that and he says, say not in your heart. Who shall ascend? You know, how high do I jump to qualify? How low do I dig to qualify? He says, stop saying that. He says, what said it? Verse 8, Romans 10. It says, the word is near you, in your heart and in your mouth. I mean, it's so simple. 
I mean, it, it's close to your heart and your mouth. This great gift is so close to you. If you're listening to me and you're not born again, listen, it's so simple. The word of salvation, the requirement for salvation is close to your heart and mouth. And what does he say? He says, <laughs> verse 9, it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, just make a declaration of faith with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. Confess his lordship, that Jesus is Lord. If you shall confess with your mouth and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So what do I need to do to be saved? I just, my mouth and my heart must agree on the lordship of Jesus and his resurrection. That's all. Because by placing faith in his resurrection, I believe in the resurrection. And that his resurrection has made it possible for me to, to be resurrected after I die. So I, I just look at what he did in Christ, believe in it, confess it, declare it boldly, I'm saved. Verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's simple. A lot of people struggle with it. Oh, it sounds too good to be true. It's not about the sounding. This is not sound engineering. It's salvation. It's not about how it sounds. It's true anyway. It doesn't really make any sense. It's not about that. It's true anyway. If you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. I said all of that to say this. You see, without faith, you cannot receive an appropriate the provisions of God in Christ. Without faith, you cannot receive and appropriate the provisions of God in, in Christ. It is true both of salvation and of authority. I know we are not talking about salvation this month, but you see, of course, every month we talk about salvation. But what we're talking about is hinged to the very epicenter of our faith. It's the same technology, it's the same procedure for salvation that this is hinged on also. You see, the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews eleven six 6a, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Impossible. Meaning, if you don't have faith in your heart, God has nothing to offer you. You, you can't receive all that he has to offer. This is how important faith is. Listen, your Christian experience will never go beyond the scope of your faith. Think about that. Your Christian experience will always be limited by how much faith you are ready to demonstrate. Listen, no matter how good the preaching, no matter how great the exposition in the word is, if you're not ready to demonstrate simple faith in the message that you hear. Some people, for instance, when they hear the message of salvation, you know, they, they're too intelligent for it. They have a lot of objections. And you see, the Bible already admitted, he called it the foolishness of preaching. He admits his foolishness to a natural mind. Thank God. 
I was foolish enough to believe. Thank God. No matter how sound the teaching is, if you don't believe, you're not going to receive. So, the same thing applies to spiritual authority. You see, no matter how great the teaching is. Let me give you an example. Has it ever happened to you, you're about to enter a house, and there's a dog in the house, very fierce-looking dog. And guess what all owners say? It won't bite you. <laughs> it won't bite you. Sometimes they are very wrong. Other times they are correct. Other times they're correct. So there was a house I went into. I saw this massive dog. When I say massive, all right, it, it was like the size of at least two adult local dogs, local breeds, you know, golden retriever breeds. Because no breeds are actually local, but people in Nigeria know what I mean by that. You know, notwithstanding, I came to realize, as I was told, that that dog was just a puppy. It's a very big breed, you know, so, I mean, even the puppies are so big. I said, they were telling me, oh, this dog cannot hurt you. And I, and I said, no, thank you. And they were like, come in. And I was like, I'm okay here, thank you. And they were like, well, we have stuff to do in here. You can't stay at the gate all day. You know, have they ever persuaded you to play with a dog before? Some of you have never tried it before. But that day, just by placing trust in the person that said I could do it, I came close and he said, rub the dog's back. And I said, hold the dog still, hold the dog still. So the person literally, you know, put the dog in between his legs, held the dog's head. And I came from behind, touched and I was trying to run away. Come back. I was very young. You know, come back. Don't just touch the dog and run away. Rub its back very well. Play with the dog. So I said, okay, okay, okay. Did it about four times. I wanted to go. The person says, come back. And I said, now, this time, touch the dog's head. I said, are you crazy? Touch what? He said, touch the dog's head. <laughs> and I just closed my eyes and, you know, <laughs> touched. And then to my surprise, there was no reaction. I said, oh, in fact, the dog looked like it wanted more, more pampering. So I rubbed it again. And then lo and behold, a few minutes later, the dog was all over me. And oh, boy, I couldn't believe it. Oh, I just tamed the lion. <laughs> It was a huge achievement for me. You know, but, but that's what they were t trying to tell me all this while. This dog is not dangerous. But the question is, was I going to be bold enough to try? That's the real question. Are you going to be bold enough to try? You know, you know the most horrible part of it is, then the dog used to play in this funny way where it would start licking you. You know, do you know what it means? If you some dog, very fierce dog is trying to lick you and they're trying to persuade you, oh, that's how it plays. That's how it plays. I'm like, which kind play this? <laughs> what type of joke is this? You know, but, but that's how the dog was playing. And eventually I got used to it. So listen, 
It wasn't as if the dog changed. The people knew the dog's character and could tell me, this dog will not harm you. But the dog looked dangerous and it wasn't dangerous. The dog looked dangerous and it wasn't dangerous. I had to, all, you know, the issues I had were all in my head. So I had to take steps of faith. In fact, I later realized the dog was so timid because it was still a puppy. The moment you just jump or something, it's scared and it's going to run away. But it doesn't look like that at all. You know, the same way you keep telling Christians about their authority in Christ. You tell them and you tell them and you tell them, but they are still so scared. And can I tell you something? Without faith, nobody can do anything for you. Nobody can do. Can, the sooner you embrace your authority in Christ, the better for you. Otherwise, you'll be in the Lord for 10 years still scared of any devil. When are you going to grow up? So, when I show you in the word of God who you are, it's up to you to believe. The Bible says, This sign shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. Well, do you believe? Oh, yes. Then you can cast out. Uh, that's why I started by talking about salvation. Because you have to see the relationship. How saving faith births authority in your life. If you have enough faith to believe and be saved, you have faith to walk in authority. Because it's, it's in the same vein. This sign shall follow them that believe and are saved. They shall cast out devils. What are you going to do with all that authority? Are you going to be scared all your life? So the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You've been in church too long. This doesn't, this, maybe this doesn't stir you up anymore. But it should. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us with all, all, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Meaning in Christ there is no blessing in heavenly places in the heavenlies that is lacking. And so in me, because I'm in Christ, there is no heavenly blessing that is lacking. This is the mystery of Christian identification. I identify with the benefits of the redeemed, of the redemption of Christ, the redemptive work of Christ. I identify with it. I've been made a beneficiary. He has blessed us. In Christ, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. This is so powerful. Maybe places doesn't help you understand. And the funny thing is, it's italicized. In your Bible, it's italicized. It wasn't in the original. So, I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Listen, I don't lack one tiny bit of authority. I don't lack one tiny bit of power. Listen, 
everything that Christ won by resurrection is at my disposal. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Listen, the entire book of Ephesians, most of it is an explanation of this verse alone. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen, if you don't believe that, how can we help you? No wonder Paul began to pray for you. And some of you, maybe you need to pray. You need to pray because you are in Christ. And all those, you know, herbalists, they still scare you. The ones that use those childish charms to try to extort money. You know, and you know, the ones that send you credits, you know, via text. And they call you and say, oh, I mistakenly sent you credits. Please don't, Lord, help me send it back. And they say, oh, wait, my father wants to pray for you. You know, those childish, small powers. Small. Do you know who you are? Paul prayed for you, Ephesians 1.15. You know, you say, I know it. Hey, that's your problem. You think you know it. If you're still afraid, you don't know it. Take this month. Pray this prayer over yourself every day. Pray it over yourself every day. It says, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you wisdom and revelation in the Spirit. I explained it in devotion this morning. There is only one Spirit in salvation, which you received when you were saved. So he's praying not for another Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, but wisdom and revelation in the Spirit. Or wisdom and revelation that the Spirit gives, it says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Hi, glory to God. The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know the hope of His calling. Listen, so you can be called and not receive the hope of His calling and not know the hope of His calling, not know what's yours, not know what has changed. Because it's all spiritual. What, what do I do to be saved? I believe. When I believe, I will never die. I don't feel like it. It's not as if I feel something vibrating. You know, some of your salvation stories are, are very dramatic. And a, lot, a good many people, I mean, they just believe. And that's it. And their salvation is as authentic as, as that of any other person. Nothing dramatic happened. So you have to receive it by faith. And know the hope of his calling. You know what he says next? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Listen, I have a rich inheritance. I ought to know what is mine. Because if I have some inheritance somewhere, I might be suffering when I have plenty. But because I didn't bother to look into the wheel and to see what's mine, I cannot appropriate what's mine. And so he's praying that you would see. You would see. If you have a rich dad and he goes to be with the Lord, a lawyer can come to you and say, this is what your father left for you in the wheel. But hey, we are talking about spiritual inheritance here. There is no lawyer to show you. 
Guess what? You're going to have to read the Bible. This is the will. The will of the Father. Hey, don't leave me. Hey. This is the Father's will. May, may, may your eyes be open to see the inheritance. And, and what is that inheritance? Pre predominantly power. He says, the exceeding greatness of his power, us what to believe. Power has been demonstrated on your behalf. Power is available for you. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Listen. Even if you gave your heart to Christ yesterday, you are so powerful. You know what the Bible says about you? It says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is no power in the world that is greater than the power that is residing in you. None. Do, listen, there will never be a herbalist that will stand before you that you should be afraid of. Never. This is so serious. The exceeding greatness of his power not only do you have power, it is great. Not only is it great, it is exceeding great. Ask what to believe according to the working of his mighty power. Can I tell you something? Let me show you something interesting. You have to pay attention to the details because this is Bible study here. So, he begins to talk about Christ. He says, the power which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, verse 20, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. Now he's talking about Christ. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So he's talking about Christ. He is far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. So it's easy for people to look at Christ and say, oh, Christ is so powerful. Far above principalities, powers, might and dominion, Christ is powerful. A lot of people believe that. They have no problems believing that. But then he says, he put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church. <laughs> Meaning he says, the authority that belongs to Christ is for you. It's for the church. Which is the body, the fullness of him that fills all things. And look at what he said in chapter 2 verse 1. You have to understand that the Bible was not originally written in chapters and verses. Many people, when they are reading their Bible... They think that chapter 2 is talking about something else. Or maybe he even wrote it another day. But it's one message. It's a continuation. And that's why the first word in chapter 2 is end. End. So he's telling you what I was saying before is still what I'm saying now. So guess what? He spoke about Christ being far above principalities and powers. And now he says, and you. Oh, glory to God. I don't know if you're here today. I don't know if you're listening to me. <laughs> so now, you were reading chapter 1 and you're like, oh, that's great. I already knew Christ was powerful. Oh, he's far above principalities and powers and might and dominion. Now he says, and you. And you. 
<laughs> and you. He's talking about you now. You know what he says in verse 5? He says, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. Oh, so not only is Christ raised from the dead, he talked about the exceeding greatness of his power by which Christ was raised from the dead in chapter 1. Now he says, you were raised together with Christ and made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. This is the explanation of chapter 1 verse 3. This is what it means when it says you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All that belongs to Christ and is accrued to Christ in the resurrection has become yours. Glory to God. You sit where he sits. Can I tell you something? The theology of the authority of Christ is the same theology for your authority. Biblically, we know about the authority of Christ by the fact that he is seated. And we know of the authority of the believer by the fact that you are seated. You have to understand this. You cannot distinguish the, the doctrinal fabric and the doctrinal defense of the authority of Christ from your authority. You have to understand. That's why he says you, he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in Christ. So to know of the authority of Christ and to doubt your authority is lack of knowledge. Anywhere Christ steps into and shouldn't be afraid, you shouldn't be afraid either. Because it's the same authority. You have to understand this. By the same logic by which Christ should not be afraid of that herbalist, you should not be afraid. It's the same logic. It's the same logic. Listen, they cannot harm you. They cannot touch you. Can I tell you something? Some of you this month, mark my words. It doesn't matter the, the, the limits that the demons and their beings, all those demoniacal forces and the talismans and the charms have placed around you. By knowledge, you will step out. You're going to walk out on the devil this month. But first, you have to understand what I'm saying. You sit where Christ is seated. Oh boy. Are you listening to this? You sit where Christ is seated. His confidence in power is your confidence. This is so important. You know what faith will do for you? Faith will make you boastful, not in your confidence. You know, I like what um, Philippians 3 says, which, by the way, that's where we got our benediction from. A lot of people, all of you don't know. It says, we are the circumcision which serve God by the Spirit and boast in Christ Jesus. There is a boast in Christ Jesus. There is a boast. Can I tell you something? If it is not boastful, it is not faith. A lot of you claim to believe, but you're silent about it. So, a lot of people belong to a brand of Christianity, all right, that 
things is okay. <laughs> Just laughing at it. A lot of us, you know, we're Christians. We hear all these things. We claim to believe that, believe this. But when you want to travel, you know, your mom says, don't tell anybody. Because your mom believes that people can harm you or you believe that people can harm you. If they know that good things are happening, people can harm you. And listen, I believe in moderation. Be as moderate as possible. But to hide things because you believe that someone has some satanic power to harm you, that's against everything the Bible stands for. You know what David said? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. I fear no evil. Don't let anybody know you're pregnant. What? 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 Don't let anybody know you're traveling. Uh, don't let anybody know you just got a job. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil. It's time to walk out on fear. Walk out on fear. Walk out on fear. What? We're talking believers' authority. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Take a few seconds just to worship Him and praise Him right now. Worship Him and praise Him. Go, rakde le pene kuri te viash zufeneto korete kifene kuse. Kalamaya, kalamaya, kimahaya. Luprekta akto sonde akto zefeneto korete kuse telefe eya. Prato vene hasu zefenene hegias. Ruso pene bahaya. Prato le maya. Thank you, Lord. Same power. That conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. <laughs> the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. <laughs> lives in me. Just declare that three times. Say, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Hey, lives in me. Oh, same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. One more time. Haya. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. Just think about that. Meditate on that right now. Meditate on that. Conquer the grave. Lives in me. Make it your meditation right now. Two more times. Same power. Same power that conquered the grave. Lives in me. Lives in me. Same power. 
same power that conquered the grave lives in me. You have to learn to be bold in the provisions of Christ. You have to be ready to put it to work, to prove it. Can I tell you something? If you don't use it, you won't grow in it. You won't. So you have to renew your mind. Renew your mind. When they tell you, oh, that person in, at work said, you will see. Say boldly, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Immediately say it boldly. Greater is he that is in me. Refuse to fear. If you don't use it, you won't grow in it. You won't grow in it. Can I tell you something? You see, when you examine Israel, Israel as a nation, what they had, you know, centuries ago, was but a type of what you have. A type, a shadow of what you have. You have the real stuff. But when you examine Israel and see how bold and how confident they were, it should challenge you. You know, one day, a giant named Goliath, you know, belonging to the Philistine army, he came and he insulted the whole Israeli army. He says, nobody from amongst you can defeat me. He said, even your God, your God can't help you. He says, I I'm challenging you. Call someone from within you, from among you to fight me. I'm challenging you. He said, if you win, we will be your servants. If we win, you will be our servants. It, it was a huge problem. Everybody was afraid. You know, by happenstance, David, you know, came just to deliver a message. He was an errand boy. Came to de deliver a message, you know, for his elder brothers. He brought, you know, something from his dad to give his elder brothers. And he heard Goliath making all those boasts. And David couldn't take it. David couldn't take it. Listen, listen. At the time, he wasn't even a part of the army. He had older brothers who were broad-chested, you know, had more experience. But David believed the Lord. It's not about how long you've been in church. It's not about that. Will you dare to believe the Lord? Dare to believe the Lord. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Listen to this. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to challenge the Lord's army? Look at from his statement. You can learn a lot about him. From his statement, you can learn a lot about him. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He placed his faith in the circumcision. Can I tell you something? That circumcision was just a type of what you have. The Bible tells us that our circumcision is by the Spirit. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 3. But even this type, this shadow, you know, it gave David a kind of confidence. 
by the circumcision, all right, they were marked as being the children of God. We are the children of God. We are the only people group in the world that are circumcised. We belong to the Lord. And he said, you, you dare challenge us? Don't you understand? We are circumcised. We are marked as belonging to the Lord. You dare challenge us? David's confidence was the circumcision. The mark he had of the Lord. And you know, he said, oh. <laughs> you dare challenge the Lord's army? His boast was in the Lord. Now, this circumcision, you have the real circumcision in your heart, in your spirit. Yet you are afraid. Why are you afraid? David made his boast in the circumcision. Where is your boast? Do you know what it means? The Holy Ghost resides in you. That's the true circumcision. The circumcision of the heart. He came into your heart to supplant and replace your former nature. He resides in you. Now, if David, a man of the senses, could boast in that circumcision made with hands, how about you boast in the true circumcision by the Spirit? Boast in the circumcision and say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Boast in the circumcision of God. Boast in it. No more fear. The next time someone, you know, who claims to know some herbalist challenges you in the office, you say, you say do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you know the mark? The incision. You tell them, your own incisions are external. I can see them. My incision is internal. The person that did the incision for me, he entered me and made the mark. Have you heard about that before? Can I tell you something? It's an aberration. The fact that it is herbalists and their children that are more vocal. Have you noticed that? Someone has one tiny ring and is tormenting the whole neighborhood. But the children of God are so timid. Why are the children of God so timid? Why are you afraid of everybody? Everyone. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Stop being afraid of people pressing you in the night. Aren't you embarrassed? You've been in church for so long. How could the devil enter your room? Don't you understand? God has no temple anywhere in the world. He resides in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Then, so you know what I'm doing? I'm just like that dog owner who was telling me, come, the dog is not going to hurt you. Come! In this case, I'm telling you, the devil, he's defeated. Forget the brand that the media has given him. In those silly movies where there's an exchange between herbalist, you know, and pastor, the pastor falls to the ground, you know, and then he charges. You know... That's the devil's brand. It's false. It's a false image. When Jesus entered the synagogue, 
People with demons, the demons were screaming. They exited the bodies that they inhabited. Exited immediately. Just by his appearance. Listen, brothers and sisters. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want you to believe it. You know what? Wherever you are, I'm going to give you at least five minutes. You're going to say nothing else but this statement. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Begin to declare that right now. Declare it right now. Declare that right now. Declare that right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he. Greater, 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 greater. No need to fear because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've overcome the world because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've overcome the world. Greater is he than he, he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater, 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 glory to God, greater, greater, lambaraton de repela pure que nique nema tocate, embelendo cuprondo rote le penembo cuche. Greto la barata cabando cruzque, venetu ratele veniki atisos, abata kukeno tefe, azuzu zekeba krukuata kimenotia, evenendu se pelikura takaya, abalututu te te, lutute, abratua katushe, azatu zuzefe netuku tele batokria, abalande repenendo kubrektegebo. Greater is he that is in me. Oh, greater, 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 greater. Oh, this knowledge should stir you up. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater, 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 glory to God, greater. Mantori Gabahaya. Balaton Retole Minige. Raton no repenendo cruzke. Galamande repercure to Kenemenogia. Ashata Rabaluto Kemenevinegia. Agadogri Kenonze Venendo Cure. Balito Crezuzu Zavanando. Ababa Bababaya. Ratolomonon de Ripeneto Cruzke Vete Kibahaya. Azuze Kabalute. A raton de Rectuku Krasuze Kibakatu Kutea. Eh. La paraton de Menemohoye. Baraton de repetu grecute live, razuzu se kematuke talute kevenico, azazuzu se penematolipe, abalato cobre, gruze kenema de greduga, a 
Babahaya Zatonge Nemaha Baleto Abakuko Zatogre Balatogrike Nemahaya Dekuratuku Zekene Mataya Dalotele Veneno. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something about Celebration Church? Our teaching series are always on point. Such that as you are learning it, the opportunity to practice it will arise. Mark my words. That's going to, what's going to happen. Mark my words. Alright? That's what's going to happen. In fact, I led devotion this morning just talking about the authority of a believer. As soon as I was done, just when I was done, you know, of all people in the world, someone called me. And as I called, you know, the Lord opened my eyes. I saw two funny fellows. You know, I saw a calabash in their front. You know, called. Um, and as, as, you know, the phone was still on, I saw a text message with credits. You know, that calm thing they do. And I just caught and he kept trying to call and I didn't even bother. But, but listen, it just tells you, you're in a wicked world. But even more real is your victory. More real is your victory. More real is your victory. More real. Wickedness is on the rise. Let faith be on the rise. Let your faith be on the rise. We sing that one more time. Same power that conquered the grave lives in me. I want you to mean it. Lives in me. <laughs> Your love that rescued the earth lives in me. Whoa, lives in me. Same power. That conquered the grave lives in me, <laughs> lives in me. Your love that rescued the earth lives in me, lives in me. Sing it one more time. Same power, same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me lives in me sing your love your love that rescued the earth lives in me lives in me lives in me for the last time same power same power that conquered the grave lives in me lives in me lives in me <laughs> your love your love that rescued the earth lives in me. Lives in me. Lives in me. This month, you're going to be conscious of the presence of God. Those funny movies have made you so conscious of demoniacal forces and their influence. 
Be conscious of the presence of God. Meditate on these thoughts. I want you to listen to this sermon at least three times. Three times. Meditate on it. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Some clown somewhere that visited one Baba somewhere is going to try to pull a stunt on you. Be ready. Be prepared. And reckon that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All right, now we're going to do something very simple and very powerful. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to rejoice in the power and the authority that you have in Christ. Are you ready for that right now? Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise! Glory! 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 Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worship him one more time. Thank him. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you for such a great privilege, such a great honor that we have in you. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.